Praise the Lord. Well, welcome to Grace Point Church tonight, Tweed Heads. Amen. Amen. Today I want to preach a, preach a word, share, encouragement called Body on the Line. Body on the Line. Brother John, would you please read out our first scripture, 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 50 to 53. And I'm so glad for the for the moving of the spirit that brought that 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 word of encouragement. If you feel the spirit of God talking to you while you're in worship, don't be afraid to speak out. It may be that God is talking to you to to uh, speak to the church. John, are you when you're ready? We'll um. Oh, praise God. Praise the Lord. And Adonijah feared because of Solomon. Mm-hmm. And arose and went and caught hold on the horns of the altar. Yeah. And it was told Solomon, saying, Behold, Adonijah feareth King Solomon. Yes, sir. And caught hold of the horns of the altar. Yeah. Solomon swore unto me today that he will not slay his servant with the sword. Mm. And Solomon said, If he will show himself a worthy man, that shall not a hair of his head fall to the earth, but if wickedness shall be found in him, he shall die. So Solomon, King Solomon sent, and they brought him down from the altar. Yes, sir. He came and bowed himself to King Solomon. Mm. And Solomon said unto him, Go to thine house. Wow. And John, if you'd like to go to First Kings chapter 2, verse 28, and read from 28 to 31, please. Then Titus came to Job, but Job had turned after Adonijah. Yes, sir. Though he turned not after Absalom, mm. and Job fled unto the tabernacle of the Lord, and caught hold of the horns of the altar. Mm-hmm. We told King Solomon that Job had fled to the tabernacle of the Lord, and behold, he is by the altar. Mm. And Solomon sent, and Beniah, the son oh, of Jehoiada. Yep saying, Go fall upon him. And Beniah came to the tabernacle of the Lord, and said unto him, Thus saith the king, Come forth. And he said, Nay, but I will die here. Beniah brought the king word again, saying, Thus saith Job, and thus he answered me. The king said unto him, Do as he said, and fall upon him, and bury him, that I mayest take away the innocent blood, Amen. Job said from me and from the house of my father. Amen. Amen. You just took, you just heard two pretty pretty intense two intense scriptures. Two men at the same place. Two men at the same place fearing for their life. Fearing they've done, they've done wrong. They've done wrong and they've come to the tabernacle fearing for their life. There's two, these are the only two that I know of incidents where this has happened, right? Read Exodus 27, uh, 1 to 2. And now this, this is in regards to the, the uh, customs of the sanctuary. So second, uh, sorry, Exodus 27, verse 1 to 2. 
Amen. Amen. I'll, I might read it out, brother. Um, and you get the other, other scripture, Psalms 18, ready for me. So in, in Exodus 27, 1 to 2, it says, And thou shalt make an altar of shittim wood, uh, five cubits long, five cubits broad, and the altar sh- shall be four square, and the height of shall be three cubits. And thou shalt make the horns of it upon the four corners of it, and the horns shall be the, of the same, and shall overlay it with brass. Now all that detail is significant. They all have meaning, all right? So the altar is about uh, two meter, twenty. Well, I'm a tradie, so it's 20, um, 200, uh, 2,286 millimetres, so it's about over two metres, so about, what's that, seven foot? And that's square, so about seven and a half, seven and a half feet square. So you could put a, a big offering on it, yeah? Right? Um, and, the, uh, and it was about 1,350 high, which is probably about my, my waist, right? Um, and on the four corners of this altar, you've got these horns, right? Now, the horns were, were, were made, and the horns of an animal is, is primarily used of defence and of attack, right? So, so these horns is, 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 a, is a, like a, a figurative type symbolic representation of the power and, and what it's used for, attack and de- defence. Okay, Psalms 18, uh, verse 1 to 3. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. Amen. The Lord is my rock. Yes, my sir. Fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust. Yes, my sir. Mother, and the whole of my salvation, mm. my high power. Mm. Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, you see from the script, the horn of my salvation. All right, let's bring, bring it, bring it down there. Back in Leviticus, if you want to turn to Leviticus, Leviticus four, chapter uh, no, Leviticus chapter four, verse thirty-one. Um, and, and while I'm reading that one, John, read it, um, get Psalms 118 ready for me. So the priest shall take the blood of the sin offering with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of the burnt offering. So you've got the horns, right? And what, what the priest is doing now, he's taking the blood of the sacrifice and what's he doing it with at church? He, yes, he's applying it to the horn. Now, what did we just read in Psalms? Is the horn of my salvation. So this is where Jesus starts coming into the horn of our salvation. He, the blood, before, before Christ has even been manifested in the flesh, right? God manifested in flesh. Before this even happened, in Leviticus 4, chapter, uh, chapter 4, uh, verse 31, it says that with this blood shall pour out Blood thereof at the bottom of all. So this, 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 this altar is going to have a blood sacrifice. The, 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 symbol, the symbol of cleansing, the symbolic of life, everything to do with the, 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 um, the moral and the, um, the ceremonial law 
is wrapped up in the in the the sprinkling and the pouring out of blood onto the altar. Amen. Psalms one eighteen. A hundred. Yeah. Amen. Even unto the horns of the altar. Amen. Stop. So there, there, there you see that this sacrifice that is on the altar, it's tied up. It's bound for the four corners of these horns. It's bound together, bound to salvation, bound to the defense, bound to the attack, bound to the power of of the, the, the deliverance, the, 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 the might of, the, of what's to deliver us from our sins. The sacrifice is bound to the, the symbolic horns that are on the four corners of the altar. Let's go to um, get, get Luke uh, 1, verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 68, ready for me. So this is a type of Christ's blood the, being the source and power of our salvation. Right now, this was brought. This 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 whole idea was, um, I guess, elaborated on, encompassed with the prophecy that gave to Zacharias after his son John the Baptist was born, basically saying that blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for He had visited and redeemed His people, and hath risen up a horn of salvation. Amen. A horn of salvation for for us in the house of his servant David. Amen. When you get to um, Brother um, John Leviticus six um, thirteen. So another another element and 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 stuff that's to go with this this whole item of furniture with the with the the tabernacle is the brazen altar was never allowed to go out. It had to stay aflame for eternity. It, it was not allowed to go out. So Leviticus <coughs> chapter 6, verse 13 says, Amen. Praise God. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. Amen. It shall never go out. Amen. Amen. And why, while I'm elaborating on that, First John 1, 7 and this goes to show that the type of the sacrifice of the blood must be offered continually. Yes. Continually offered. Dying daily. Dying, every day, dying daily upon, upon the altar. First John, go ahead. Praise God. But if you walk in the light, Amen. as he is in the light, yes, sir. then fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. Amen. If we walk in the light, as Christ Jesus walks in the light, right? We have fellowship with one another. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. When Jesus died, it was what the one-time offering that saved a lifetime of offerings from, from, from animals and stuff like that was basically just a symbol of a, of a precept to come. It, wasn't, it was just a delaying of judgment. And when Jesus did that, when he died on that cross, it was forever settled. This is my offering. This, this is the blood. This is, this is your horn, church. The blood sp- sprinkled on your horns. The, the f- four, four corners of the globe, of, 
of the or wherever you may be. You know, you like I'm I'm like I'm I'm five foot seven. I can't even reach to the end of this altar. Amen. It's seven and a half feet. It's a big altar church. There's no sin so great that you can't place yourself on that altar. Amen. But Jesus says he cleansed us from our sins. Hallelujah. So basically, the reason why these two guys ran to this temple is because they knew about this. They knew if they get to the temple that there is an element of God's protection that's there. No one can come and no one can harm them as long as they were in God's presence. As long as they were in God's presence, where where the mercy seat is, where the where the brazen altar is, no one can come and harm them. Okay? So in Exodus twenty one, Amen. We'll read I'll I'll read it for you, John, if you want to get the okay. Yep. And a man and if a man Lay not in wait. This is Exodus 21, um, verse 13 to 14. But God delivered him unto his hand. Then I will appoint thee a place where he shall flee. Amen. Amen. If you ever felt like you've done something wrong, don't run away from God. Hallelujah. Run to God. If you feel like the world is coming down on you like a ton of bricks... Don't, don't run to God, run to the sanctuary. Amen. Amen. But if a man come presumptuously upon his neighbor to slay him with guile, thou shalt take him from my altar and he may die. Now, this is something that we've got to look at. There's, there's a place for you to run to. But if you're mock, mocking God, God's going to say, "Well, if you're not, if you're not, if your heart's not right, you, your choice, your choice, you made your own choice." But if you're real with God, He's just and able to forgive. He's willing. He's not willing that any man shall perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. And this, even this precept. John from England, I read this up, man, until the late 1960s. If I did something wrong, I could go to a church in England, right, and lay claim in a century, right, and the law could not touch me as long I remained in God's house. Many movies were made, worldly movies, many worldly movies was made about this, um, I forget the name of it, but it was an old 80s movie where if you ran to the, to the sanctuary of the church, the bad guys could not get to you. It was like a safe place. It was like a haven. Amen. And that was still current till the 1960s. I'm not sure about it now. Amen. So let, let me break this down about the, the, this, the, what's going on, right? So the reason why these, these two guys went to the same place, because there, there was an issue to do with David's kingdom. And this is how the story goes. David was getting old and he was getting close to his death. Okay? Adonijah, his son, and Joab was his nephew. So two guys. Adonijah was his son, right? And Joab was his, was his nephew that just happened to be 
one of his leading generals. This guy was a really good, good man when it came to fighting. When it came to war, when it came to doing dirty work, Joab was your man. He was your man. You might have remembered that Joab was part of the part of the um, part of the um, conspiracy to have um, the Hittite killed. Amen. So he, this Joab's got a lot. He's, he, he's done a lot of a lot of dirty deeds. But see what happened was Adonijah thinking that well I'm the oldest son now. You know Absalom's dead. In fact. Um, Joab killed Absalom. So Joab, Joab and Abs um, and Ananijah, they've been working together into take the kingdom away from Solomon that was um, promised. It was it was a promised kingdom to come. He was God's anointed. He's already started. He's starting to get in the prayer and stuff like that. He's following after John, um, over David's footsteps, and and God tells David, "It is Solomon, your son, that I want to rule the kingdom." But Ananijah, if that's how you pronounce pronounce his name, basically thinking, well, hang on. I'm the oldest, so the throne's rightfully mine. This is how they thought. I'm the oldest, I should get it. You know? And that, that and in a sense, that's what's true. If you're the oldest, you've got the birthright. But it wasn't so, it wasn't God's will. So here we've got a man trying to do things in his own mind. He's actively rebelling. He's rebelling. So... He's, he's trying to do things. He's trying to make a, he's trying to make a name for himself. He's trying to live life by his own wisdom. Amen. Amen. And strangely enough, David knew all about this and did nothing. So if I, I you know I can't you know if I was in his shoes, I was thinking, well, my dad's not doing anything about it. He's not saying anything. He must he must be cool with it. Because why all this? Why all this is happening? He's he's building up chariots. He's building up an army. He's got the lead general. He, he's he's get, starting to master. He's getting like prophets and stuff for himself. See, this is a thing, church. You can be religious, and doesn't mean that you're in God's will. I see a lot of religious people, a lot of religious people, and they and they try and do things, and they they make they want to make a name for themselves, and. They think this and that, and and they're not. And I don't. I'm not laying judgment on anyone. I'm just. I'm just saying how life is. Amen. But praise the Lord, Bathsheba and the prophet Nathan defeated this plot. Amen. So when um, Solomon was crowned king, <laughs> what do you think happened? He ran. He ran to the altar. You know why? Well, he's committed treason. He's committed treason. He's, he's tried to make a coup against the king, Solomon, you know. And so he, he ran. All right. Joab, 
Jeroboam was uh, David's uh, nephew, right? Sister of Zeruiah, Z-E-R-U-I-A-H, captain of David's army, and he was deceitful and totally ruthless. He was ruthless. Amen. Amen. He also did a lot of, he did a lot of things too. He did a lot of sin where he basically killed a man during peacetime. That man was Abner. So what happened is Abner killed his brother and they supposedly, Joab forgave him and it was peace and everything was good. But Joab came in and stuck a dagger in him and killed him. Uh, and another, another sin that he committed was uh, Uriah the Hittite, um, and he also killed um, Absalom, um, David's son, in a brutal way, def- defenceless. Absalom was stuck in a tree by his hair. Now, you and I know that I don't have that problem because I don't have any hair, but Absalom, apparently, he was a good looking bloke. He, 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 he was amassing people and, and that, and he, was, he had golden locks and stuff like that. And when he was riding, he got caught. Now, Joab could have took Absalom and took him captive and, and done the right thing by his king David and sorted him out and let the courts deal with him. But he took matters in his own hand and he slew his brother. He, he, he slew him. He ran against the wishes of the king and he killed a man. I killed a man that was defenceless. Amen. Um, killed some other guys too. Amnesia, A M A S H. Again, just total deception. But the thing I want to notice, and I'm talking quick because I want to make sure I'm under, making sure that I do the right thing by you guys, is the difference is is Adonijah was spared. But Joab was killed right at the same place, the tabernacle. And this is why. Joab's crimes were murder and was premeditated. Okay? He, and he negated the law of the sanctuary. See, he went to the sanctuary to get out of trouble. To try, to, like it's a get out of jail free card. Right? And there's a legal difference between these two men. Right, but there's also a spiritual one, right? Because God sees our heart; He knows our thoughts; He knows our intentions. Okay. So God knew the full knowledge of every situation, and He knew what direct, what 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 was the motive behind our actions. Amen. First Corinthians ten eleven. I'll read it, John. Um, but but. You can turn to Hebrews 11 verse 4, okay? So now now all these things happen unto them for an example and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world may came. But what's that saying, that I, the verse that I just murdered? It's basically saying that these things, these stories, these accounts that we read in the Old Testament, they are there for you and I today that we don't make the same mistake. If you, if you were growing up, just say you're growing up, in your, even in your own family, and your father and mother messed up in life, 
or your, your siblings messed up in life, you'll look at that and go, hmm, that's what not to do. You wouldn't say, I'll do that. You know, one would hope that you'll see the example there and go, well, I will not make the same mistakes. The same thing with God. He, he lays all these physical examples of spiritual concepts so we will not make the physical mistake by getting our head off track, which is leading us into a spiritual error that leads us into a physical action. Does that make sense? So in the Old Testament, they made a, a physical boo-boo, which led to a New Testament spiritual example to tell our, to preach from. So, so the modern day church will give us a, 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 a past example of a physical thing that really happened, so you don't get yourself in a spiritual state of mind where you commit the same sin that the person's committed that you, you're reading the Bible of. Amen. Amen. So Cain and Abel in, in Genesis 4, read Hebrews um, 11 for me, John. By faith, Abel Amen. offered God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Amen. which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it, being dead, yet speaketh. Amen. So you know what that says to me? Is I can live my life two ways. I can live my life like Cain and just give a token worship, token praise, just, or I can go all in. I can go body on the line and go put my blood, sweat and tears into raising up these lambs that it's going to hurt my soul to put, to, to put them on the altar because I love them as my pet, as, as, as my brother. And that's what it was generally... That, that's how it, the whole thing was to start off with. You, you're supposed to care for this animal, not to have a spot, blemish, not to get ill. It's supposed to be like your number one son. And it was supposed to keep you from committing error, to committing sin. Amen. Amen. Not by works, because, you know, there's a lot of religions in the world where you can do works and, and token. You know, there's rich people that give money to charity. Yet, I bet you their business practices aren't all up to scratch. They probably ripped someone off. They probably owe taxes somewhere. You know, they've, they've probably done... So, so just giving money to charity and stuff like that doesn't work. Amen. Amen. So there was a similar difference with uh, um, Joab and Adonijah. Joab was merely found by the altar. Right. He was in the vicinity. He was in church. But Ananijah was on the altar. He's hanging on. He's hanging on for dear life. The same blood that was put over those horns, he's hanging on to that. As he's, he's, he's grabbing on for dear life. He go, oh God, forgive me. Forgive me, Solomon. Forgive me. I know I messed up, man. I know I messed up. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. He was hanging on to the blood. Yeah, the cords. So the very things that the sacrifice was roped onto, the four horns, he's grabbed hold on that. He's, he's held on that tight. He's made a, he's made, he's joining, he's joining himself with the sacrifice. 
Amen. And because of that, he was saved. Because he, he was he was giving a physical representation of repentance, of dying to himself. I've committed wrong, I'm in sin, but I'm dying to myself. Here I am, Solomon. Solomon was king at the time. Here I am, Solomon. I am sorry. I am putting myself on the altar of God. I'm at your mercy. Where Joab was in defiance. You can't touch me because I'm in church. I'm in this, there, and rah, rah, rah. He's being legalistic. He's a man of war. He's thinking that this is some sort of rules of engagement. That, you know, he's going to save him from the enemy coming in and getting him. The only thing that's going to stop you from the enemy taking you over is the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus will defend, he will attack your enemies. Not by just merely attending church or just hanging around people that are Christian. Maybe just, you know, knowing a few Bible verses. But I'm telling you, church, if you put your body on the line, if you place yourself on the altar and die daily like the Bible says, you will not fulfill the laws of the flesh. Amen. And no demon, no, no, no spirit of hell can come against you. Sorry if I'm yelling. I'm just really passionate right now. Amen. Luke 17 says it like this. Verse 33. Whoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whoever shall lose his life shall preserve it, save it. You know that what happened to every person that is saved here today? Is some point in your life you lost your life and you end up being saved by it. Your actions of placing yourself on that altar, allowing Jesus' blood to be put over you, hanging on to the horn of your salvation, enables you to preserve your life and live prosperously. Amen. That's, that's you know I mean, we, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, but I'm hoping that someone we hear, maybe you will... Take notes and share this yourself. It's possible to die within the so, within sight of the altar. You can have the feet of Jesus right in front of you, and you die at it. The altar's here. We you know we call for prayer. How many times do people decide not to come to the altar and just lay down their life because of what pride? Defiance, maybe a reputation. Oh, my brothers will think I've done. Doesn't matter what your brothers or sisters think. It matters what God thinks. It matters about what's in your heart. And if coming to the altar is going to cause a problem with your heart, that's why you need to come to the altar. If there's an issue with your heart, pride, envy, jealousy, if you don't have the five fruits of the Spirit, you need to be on the altar. Amen. The altar, right, is what the flesh rebels against. It's hard to come to. Oh, no, man, I've been in the I've been in the Lord for seventeen years now, and I tell you, it's 
it's still the same for me. It get like it's easier than when I first started, but it does. It's you still got to deal with your flesh, amen. And and your life is not a, is always got to be rosy and, and really good. I mess up. Hard to believe, but I do mess up. <laughs> I, do. I do. We all mess up, don't we, Murray? We all mess up, and and sometimes it's unintentional, and sometimes it's intentional. But you know what matters? It matters is whether you're, you're in the vicinity of the altar or whether you're on it. Amen. Ojanai's spirit said, my hope is built on nothing less. We, we know that song. But Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Whoever shall seek his life shall lose it. And whoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. One last scripture, Romans 12, 1. Amen. Amen. And this is my last scripture. I beg you, brethren. Sorry? I beseech you, therefore, brethren. That's right. By the mercy of God. Yes, sir. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Amen. Holy acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Amen. Would you like to stand up and stand up and just pray? Hallelujah. Paul's saying, he's saying to his brothers and sisters, he's saying, I beg you, church, to stay on the altar. Be a living sacrifice. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, I just thank you, Lord, for your word, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that nothing will get between you and I from getting to that altar, Lord. Laying hands and laying hold of your horn, Lord Jesus. That, Lord God, that your might and your deliverance, Lord Jesus, your protection, your defence, Lord, your power shall be with us, Lord. Keeping us and holding us in the power of your might, Lord Jesus. Lord, we know that if we won't let go of you, Lord, you will not let go of us, Lord Jesus, Lord. And wherever we are, Lord Jesus, your altar's right there. Amen, Jesus. And Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. And we pray, Lord God, that today and tomorrow, for the rest of our lives, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, that we'll be found on your altar, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, church. Yes, we shall. Amen. Let's, let's come together. Let's hold hands.